0: Oh, feel the...
1: at Heritage today. We are God's children. He loves us unconditionally and nothing can ever change that. He will not love you more or less than he does at this very moment. God wants his people to be together, to pray together, to sing songs of praise, and to commune with him through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ our Savior. We will be together again But until that time, we pray that our worship will be pleasing and acceptable to our Heavenly Father, and that you will be uplifted also. May God bless you as we worship together. Pray with me, please. Holy Father, creator of heaven and earth, we praise you and glorify your great and holy name. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, who dwells in us and intercedes on our behalf. Father, we pray for peace and comfort during these uncertain times. Build our faith, Father, with the assurance that you are in control. And if it is your will, we can come together soon to worship with our church family. We all miss being able to gather with our brothers and sisters and long for this separation to come to an end. Father, please be with those we love who are struggling spiritually and physically at this time. Please extend your healing hands and take away the pain and suffering from each one. And Father, we pray for all our frontline workers. We thank you for them. Doctors, nurses, police officers, all those working to care for us and supply the things we need. Please keep them safe and well. Father, we pray for our elders, deacons, ministers, the leadership of our country and our local leaders. We pray for wisdom and that the decisions made will bring glory to you and be in accordance with your will. And Father, when we fall short and we sin, I pray that we come to you with repentant hearts and we know that you will forgive us. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.
0: Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure. Oh, Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my
2: chapter 12 verses 23 through 26 for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way after supper he took the cup saying This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. Dear God, our Father, we're so thankful for this day and all the blessings that you give us. Father, we're thankful for your Son and the sacrifice that he made for us. As we take this bread, we're reminded that it represents the broken body of Christ as he died on the cross for our sins. It's through him we pray. Amen. And now let's pray for the fruit of the vine. Dear God, our Father, we're thankful for the blood that was shed to wash away our sins. Father, as we take this juice, this fruit of the vine, we're reminded that it represents the blood of Jesus that was shed to wash away our sins. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen.
0: Be still and <laughs> go
3: I'll be reading today from Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 6 on the English Standard Version. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you.
4: Welcome to our worship service. And if you will, please take your Bibles, turn to the Sermon on the Mount, In Matthew chapters five and six, Jody Bowman just finished reading moments ago from Matthew chapter six, one through six. I love the Sermon on the Mount. It tells us that the church at Heritage, we as God's people are to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify God in heaven. You know, at Heritage, we want to be the light of the world. And then also, we want to be the salt of the earth. Imagine heritage living up to what Jesus said here in Matthew chapter 5, that we live like a city that's set on a hill that cannot be hidden. But you know what? Jesus wants us to be examples of his truths in this world. He wants us to be individuals that are living godly lives you know what i've noticed at night when i'm driving with my lights on in my car i notice that sometime sometimes my lights are too bright in fact they are so bright that other other drivers have to flash at me saying you're too bright tone that down a little bit i've also noticed that concerning salt Salt is one of my favorite seasonings whenever I'm grilling. And I've gotten complaints many times, Daddy, this hamburger is way too salty. This is ridiculously salty. In other words, what I've noticed is, Jesus, these two images of light and salt, Jesus said you can do too much of it. In fact, we need to understand that in Matthew 5, Jesus said you're the light of the world, you're a city set on a hill, you're the salt of the earth. But look at what Jody read just moments ago there in Matthew 6. First of all, in verse 1, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. What's Jesus saying? Your light's too bright. You're too salty in my life. And look at verse 2. Jody read, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do. In other words, some individuals were not only too bright, they were too loud. They were tooting their own horns. In other words, saying, look at the righteous deed that I'm doing, waving their hands back and forth. And then in verse 5, Jesus said, You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues at the street corners that they may be seen by others. There it is again, this over-righteous Uh, persona that some people seem to project to the world. Jesus is noticing that. And he says, it's not good. And then finally, in verse six, Jody read, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Pray to your father who is in secret. Let me ask you a searching question today. What does a righteous person look like? I have no idea. Well, let's ask this. What clothes do righteous people wear? I have no idea. I don't wear a preacher's clothes. I decided to wear my tie today because a lot of people expect the preacher to have preacher clothes on, a coat, a tie. And right now my wife is sitting right here and she's looking at me and she asked me moments ago, aren't you gonna wear your coat? Folks, a preacher does not have preacher clothes described in the Bible. In fact, we don't have different titles for ourselves that's different from you or any other Christian. All I am is a Christian, just a Christian. The New Testament doesn't describe how a Christian dresses when he's he or she is doing his or her righteousness in this world. I didn't know until 2020 that we could actually learn to be together and still be 20 miles apart. It's taken me that long to figure that out. And here we are today doing that very thing. Folks, let's make sure that we're not using the worldly measure of religious devotion and religious righteousness. I want us to notice what Jesus says is most acceptable to God. You know, just like America had to declare its independence, the declaration of independence. We are no longer English colonies. We are our own nation, and we had to come right out and make that claim. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, he makes his declaration of independence from the law of Moses. He says the righteousness of God's people in the New Testament church is going to exceed that of the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. How is that possible? Today we're going to learn how that's possible. You see, in Matthew 6, Jesus talked about righteous deeds. The title of the sermon I want us to understand is that we practice godly service Here's the key, in secret, we don't noise around what we are doing. We're not making it bright in their faces so that they have to see how good we are. I've noticed that some people try to denounce and criticize acts of righteousness. What are you trying to earn your salvation? Don't you know you can't earn your salvation? Have you noticed that Jesus never did criticize actions of righteousness? For instance, in the Sermon on the Mount, he said... Beware of practicing your righteousness. He says, when you give to the needy, folks, needy people need someone to save them, to help them, to give them what they need. We're not earning our salvation. Instead, we are doing actions of righteousness. Jesus never criticized acts of righteousness like helping the poor financially. Jesus supported Prayer. He said, I want you to pray. In fact, he encouraged giving at the temple. One of our members here, one of our shut ins, Jack Hensley, calls about once every week or two weeks and he says, Steve, will you come get my contribution and take it to the temple for me? Jack knows that this building is not a temple, but he does know that he is doing it in secret. In Matthew 6, Jesus is trying to say, listen, back in chapter 5, I tried to tell you that my disciples would have a radical devotion to me. That's what Matthew 5 is all about. But in Matthew 6, Jesus switches gears to traditional forms of devotion, and he talks about each one of them. Jesus labels this practicing your righteousness. Folks, we need to be righteous people, but when we do it, Matthew 6 says, do it in secret notice jesus makes an absolute statement there in verse 1 if you do these acts of righteousness for the sake of being seen then you will not be rewarded by our heavenly father folks being righteous being righteous is not defined just by the action of helping a needy person or praying or fasting there also has to be the right motive behind that act of righteousness. Jesus' first illustration of giving to the needy, he, giving to needy and poor people was a big deal in the ancient world. Certain men that Jesus calls hypocrites, he said he wanted to make sure that those individuals wanted everyone to know just how good they were. You know, you sit back and you say, well, wait a minute, isn't the whole purpose of this to just help the needy, isn't that enough? Why do you have to ask somebody why you're helping the needy? Well, guess what? We have to have the right motive. It's not just helping the needy. I need to help the needy for the right reason. I know that we all want to be noticed. We want to be applauded. You want to be appreciated for what you do. I want people to think that I'm a godly man. I want people to think that I am one of the good guys. But Jesus plainly states here that if you're doing these things, good things, so that other people will notice you, then God owes you nothing. You're doing it to be seen, and that's what's happened. You did it. People appreciate you. They applaud you. And that's the end of the story. Apparently, the Pharisees gave them money in the most public way. They had a religious zeal on full display. Whenever they gave money, it it was done in such a way that they made a big deal out of it. I get a little irritated at politicians. I wonder if you're like me, who love to pat themselves on the back. I've done this and I've done that and I'm such a wonderful man and I'm a great individual. Hey, look at me. Look at all the thousands of things that I have done. That's what Jesus calls hypocrisy. It's hypocritical, and I'll tell you why it's hypocritical. Because there's no way that such actions could be for God when it's to be seen by men. Let me repeat that. We sort of laugh at the absurdities of some people standing up and saying, look at the great amount of money that I have given. What a wonderful person I am. Let me ask you, how can God possibly be honored by that? Jesus calls it what it is, blowing your own trumpet. If you give for that purpose, you're going to be rewarded by what you seek. But don't pretend that God is fooled by what you're doing. God's not glorified just because a poor person gets a donation. Instead, God wants the glory for what you and I have done. And so Jesus makes this statement, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. What's Jesus mean by that? Jesus is saying, let the God that sees you in secret reward you secretively. In other words, whenever we give out of a pure heart, God knows our real reason for giving those things. Folks, God's graciousness is never outdone. We can't outgive God. Righteousness is also seen not only in giving, but also in prayer. Did you know that prayer is a righteous deed? It's a deed of righteousness. And we need to do that. According to Jesus, we need to do it in secret. Jody Bowman read just a moment ago, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners. You see, in the ancient world, the Jews had particular times of day when everyone would stop and they would pray. Well, the scribes and the Pharisees would make sure they were either in the synagogue or in the marketplace or in the temple in a place where there are lots of people. Oh, is it the time of prayer? And they would put on a huge performance in their prayer. It's at this point that Jesus stops and he gives what we call the Lord's Prayer. Folks, we're not even going to read the Lord's Prayer. It's so short. It's so to the point. It is not a theatrical performance. But one of the most noticeable things about Jesus' prayer that he teaches is that his prayer was seeking the notice of God, not people. Let me repeat that. If I am praying so someone else will come up and say, That was a wonderful prayer, Brother Blackman. You just really know how to pray a prayer. Did I mean for myself to get that attention? Folks, when you're asked to lead a prayer, don't try to impress people. Try to impress God. And Jesus has a suggestion, the best way to do that. Go to your house, go in your closet and shut the door and guess who's gonna be in the closet? you and God. Everything that you say, everything that you think will be laid before him because that's what prayer is all about. There's nothing wrong with public prayer. Don't misunderstand me. Many of us pray in restaurants and I'm not saying that if you go to Sperry's this afternoon, after church and if you go there and it's time to have prayer, don't take you and your family of four into the broom closet at Sperry's and have prayer. That's ridiculous. That's not what Jesus is saying. But the whole point is is that the reason why I am praying is the point. Am I trying to impress God or am I trying to impress people? So the first act is that act of giving. The second one is is the act of prayer, the righteous act of prayer. And then I've asked Keyshawn Gallon to read the third righteousness. At this time, let's stop for just a moment as Keyshawn reads to us from God's word.
0: I will be reading Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 through 18. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, They have received the reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you.
4: Thank you, Kishon, from God's Word. I don't think there's anything more righteous than that of fasting. And I say that because... Most of us in this country, we have no idea what fasting is all about. Did you know that the ancient Israelites, that they were told to fast one day a year on Yom Kippur? That was the only day that they had to fast. And they were supposed to fast at that time. The Pharisees, they fasted two times a week. That's a lot more than one time a year, isn't it? Why'd they do that? They were trying to overdo their righteousness. They wanted everyone, and and Jesus made the statement there, and notice they disfigured their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Guess what? Fasting, no matter how righteous it is, a good thing to do to deny yourself food in order to concentrate on prayer and study of God's word, if you're doing it just to be recognized by other people, know that That's not good enough in the eyes of God. Back in Matthew 5, Jesus said in verses 31, 32, Your righteousness shall be greater than the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. And this is how it's done. You see, Jesus assumes that that his disciples will be fasting soon. Jesus would not allow his disciples to fast while he was on the earth. But he said the time of fasting will come after I'm gone. See, we don't fast in this country. Folks, there is good information. If you want to learn to fast, there's much good information that you can find on the Internet. And especially in the New Testament, what Jesus says here in in the Sermon on the Mount about fasting is good. Learn to fast. Folks, sometimes we need to understand that God is trying to teach us to glorify him. And even if it's something that we don't understand like fasting, if you do it to the glory of God, that means everything. It's all about your motive. So today we've looked at three examples of righteousness. That of giving to the poor, of prayer, and then also of fasting. And notice, these are acts of righteousness. I can think of some other examples that Jesus didn't mention here, but... I've been in worship services where people raise their hands and they would punch me and they say, raise your hands. Well, for some reason or another, I didn't do it for, to begin with, I didn't know why I was doing it. You see, the whole purpose of lifting your hands up to God is to show God that your hands are clean. That you haven't taken money with these hands that doesn't belong to you. That you have touched a woman that is not your wife. That you have not hurt an innocent person. Folks, it's important for us to ask God and in our prayers say, Father, what am I doing just to be seen by other people? God, show that to me. I don't want to blow my own trumpet I think it's important Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before all men. And then he says, you're the salt of the earth. You're the the wonderful flavor on this planet. And I've put you there. Is there a contradiction there between that and Matthew 6 where Jesus says, do your service in secret? Is there a contradiction? And the answer is no, not really. I've tried to think of the proper illustration of what our acts of righteousness should look like. As Jesus went to the cross, don't you know that people thought back to sermons that he had preached? In particular, in Matthew 15, he said, in Matthew 15, he said, take up your cross and follow me. Did you know when Jesus was crucified, as he was taken through the streets? that there was one man that was pulled out of the street, uh, pulled there on the street to help Jesus carry his cross. Do you remember that man's name? Simon of Cyrene. He was visiting for the Passover. And here he was conscripted to work for Christ, to help Jesus carry his cross. He's the only person that I can think of that actually carried the cross of Christ. Do you think later on when he finally became a Christian. We know the names of his two children, whose two boys that were with him on that occasion when Jesus was crucified. Do you think later on he bragged and maybe pulled on his suspenders and said, I am the only person that helped Jesus carry his cross. I don't think that he bragged about that. I don't think he said, look at me, look at the great thing that I did for Jesus. No, probably in great humility, he said, you know, I was just standing there and God counted me worthy to help his son carry his cross so he could die on the cross for my sins. Folks, when people see us as God's people, people that are so in love with Jesus that we even love our enemies. And when people see that we're so truthful, we don't have to take oaths. And when they see that as disciples of Christ, we are committed to our covenants and to our mates, and we will not destroy those godly relationships. This morning, as each of us as Christians, as we see our devotion to Christ, whatever I do in word or in deed, I want to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus
1: Father, thank you for this day and all those many wonderful blessings that you've given to us. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to connect. And even though we can't be together, allowing us to be able to fellowship together. Lord, please watch over us and our families as we go out this week. Please help us to understand that we should do good for the sake of doing good and not for any recognition that we may receive. Lord, please watch over those who are sick and afflicted. Please watch over our country. Please watch over all those who need help during this time, whether it be emotionally or physically. Please care for us and guide, guard, and direct us. Lord, please forgive us of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: Thank you for joining the Heritage Church of Christ worship service today. Our elders and deacons and ministers are going to be meeting this afternoon at 3 p.m., in the church picnic area for our monthly leadership meeting. You can support us with your prayers for our wisdom at this meeting. Our leaders need God's guidance right now more than ever as our country moves away from social distancing. We need wisdom as we make decisions going forward. Also our leaders appreciate your financial generosity by all of our members and visitors And here are the many ways that you can and are giving. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you.